college is literally scamming people. Mm-hmm. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in. <laughs> because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, you get your money back. Mm. That leaves them accountable to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they're teaching. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like, why he's struggling? If he, if he know everything. So that shows that that information in that book ain't everything. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men, uh, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say in my training, do you think college was worth your investment? I would say... 100% of the time, I get like 99% hell no's. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even like people's like, oh, spec, you work in silence or you like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, mm-hmm. move in silence. It's just like, I just... I'm just straight to it. Like, let's go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do somebody instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own, my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach never reinvent the wheel. Success leave breadcrumbs. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart, yo. I knew it. Man, this man is crazy. <laughs> I went, so I went to Harvard. Then I do it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't doing no faking, man. I ain't doing no faking, you know what I'm saying? Candy bar, folks. I just recently, like, I still want people to say, I can get the I'm just yeah. saying though, this is my thing though, bro. Clean your credit. You know what I'm saying? 
because like me and you both know they ain't you can't get anything you can't get a subway sa- you can't get a subway sandwich you have to fix your credit bro you know what I'm saying because they feel like you're poor if you don't have a decent credit score you have to have it first thing they're gonna do is let me run your credit your ass gonna be sitting there looking cross-eyed like uh well you could have just took the pay the two bands off gang the whole time. All right, man. That tattoos and shit. Listen, bro. You spending all your money and everything else, but what's important? No, this one, this shit was over time. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm older now. I'm 33, folks. Oh, man. You old, too? He talking about you old, too. And I said, yeah, nah, he's dope. She said, what happened was, she's like, she was looking online for a speaker. And she, like, came across my website, and somehow she came to my social media, and she connected with you and booked you to speak. <laughs> okay. Appreciate that, bro. <laughs> I felt the way. <laughs> She's looking for a speaker, but then some—and I'm a speaker. It, it, this is a, it is a time I'm calling myself a speaker. Like I'm, get, I'm getting gigs and stuff. How much I, I owe you for that? Yo, yeah, come. I don't know how. Whatever she paid you, I don't remember. Okay. She told me. She said she was like, yeah, I was looking for a speaker. I was on your website, and she didn't. I don't know. She just slipped up and said it. Like right. she was like, yeah, I was looking for a speaker. I was on your website, and you kind of led me to Jeremy, and Jeremy came and spoke, and it was amazing. I was like, oh, that's what's up. <laughs> Close my phone. I said, yo, did Jeremy? And then I went on, then I went on your website. I'm like, well, his website got it. I ain't got. It. And then um, yeah, I felt the way. Cause she was that's looking for a speaker. Bro. But now when you say it right now, mm-hmm. I didn't have a system. It, like you got a system. Right. You probably had the pics on your website. Right. You probably can mm-hmm. see somebody coming. It's like it's probably speaking directly to an audience. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't have got mad. I should have got E Trade. <laughs> <You're sick. laughs> <No doubt. laughs> for sure. I got E Trade. I got yeah. All right. So um oh yeah, because you thought I forgot. What's the system on figuring out I would think? Yo, would Jeremy help me out with that? It's just, it just right, doesn't right, happen. Right, right, so right, right. Um, if you ever need me for your calls or anything like that, yep. please, I am a servant. Um, anytime you have a, yep. a, a Sharice gig, will be reaching out to you. I'm <laughs> glad you said that. <laughs> you know your conferences. Yep. I am there, man. Yep. It's all love. So um, let us know how they can find you and uh, close this out, man. Yeah, at one uh, Jeremy Anderson. Yeah, at one Jeremy Anderson on all the social media platforms, I'm pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. So you want me to give you this point now, or is this last thought for the Patreon? Last, nah. Close this. No, this, yeah, right now to close out for for the world. For okay, we, we gonna we gonna cut the cameras. Then we we'll come on. For the okay, Patreon. okay. Bet. For, just 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 close this out, man. There's somebody out there that is, I'm struggling, man. Yep. Or they're like super gifted but they can't get their gift to the world, which is frustrating, right? It's like being pregnant for a long time. You just can't have the baby. Imagine being pregnant for three three years. Mm. So I I guess maybe close this out. Okay. So let's let's run with that analogy. Let me see what I can pull off in the spirit of the top of my dome. So let's say somebody is pregnant, like with purpose or something, right? 
and they're they feeling the contractions. They're feeling the pain of what they got going on. They know they have something special inside them, but they're having a hard time pushing it out. And like it's in these moments where you got to get with a midwife or you got to get with the, um, the OBGYN. They might have to have you walk. They might have to have you do some squats. You know what I'm saying? They might have to perform some different things. They might have to do a C-section. You know what I'm saying? But what you have inside from you, you didn't put there. It was naturally given to you. Having the finances, man, it's just like a business. Your music is a business. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like a lot of people don't understand that. You, how are you so good at music? And then when it comes to the business or contracts or... Um, Finances, look, you don't know anything about it, but you talking about you, you clearly just doing music for no reason. And in your head, you're not thinking that I'm gonna be the biggest rapper in the world. Okay, what comes with being the biggest rapper in the world? Damn, lawyers, um, accountants, uh, taxes. Um, you feel me? That's how you gotta think. That's the only way that you gonna really be the top nigga in the world. You know what I'm saying? I don't see no other way of being the biggest rapper in the world if you ain't thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? You just going to the studio doing some music because clearly you're wasting your money. Also, if you go start your LLC, let's say whatever you call your LLC, Trap Boy or Big Dog LLC, right? So, if you got an LLC and it's about music, from the studio should be a write-off. When you go in the studio and you pay for your studio time, let's say if you spend five hours a day in the studio, everything should be a write-off. All the clothes you buy, you as an artist, should be a write-off. The cars you're driving, it should be a write-off. Where you stand should be a write-off. You're an artist, you're an entertainer, always. Every, when you go in the strip club, you, I need 5,000 ones. But give me a receipt. You feel me? Get that to your account. That should be a write-off because you're an artist. You're a brand. But a lot of... I challenge any grown man, homie, on this internet talking, nigga. Produce... This how you separate the man from the boy. Nigga, get out them corners. Take that camera out that corner and flip around. Let's see how you niggas living, homie. For you to have so much... See, this what make me such a bad motherfucker. And I, I, yeah, I can pat myself on the back. See, because I can stand on this shit, my nigga. All the shit that I'm saying, I can stand on. I can pull your news articles. Man, I've been doing this. Man, let's come over here and do this. Come, I can do that. They can't, homie. They got to put themselves in front of the camera and talk for drama. I'm talking for change. It's just I got a bunch of niggas bringing a bunch of drama to me. I came to the internet positive. But I got so much hate on the internet, nigga, I'm going to reflect what's before me. I'm going to reflect what's before me, nigga. And you think I'm going to get an internet the real me? They going to keep getting this goddamn character that they tuned in. They'll never get the real me. I'm Jason's friend. I'm, I'm Jay White's friend that, uh, that just drinks and smokes and hangs out. Talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me. Man, do today what others want to have what tomorrow others can't. You have to put in that work today, right, to have that delayed gratification. Now, I never understood that when people was talking to me about it in 2008. But I put in work 30, 60, 90 days, and I reaped the benefits later on. And now I am where I'm at today. So... 
Put the work in today. Reap the benefits tomorrow. Can't close it out no better than that, man. <laughs> Do me a favor, man. Go get you some social proof. But I need you to follow my boy, my boy Jay White, all right? Um, and I need to see you in the community. But go get you some social proof. I need you to go build something. Put your time, energy, sweat, blood, tears into something. Build something, okay? Use your head. You can go do it. Build something. But then I need you to come back and teach your community how you did what you did, just like Jay White. All right? We are out of here. Peace. Be in this person's life and deal with this person in order to get valuable intelligence from them. Right. Because that was super interesting. Yeah. And I, I mean, for me personally, part of that's like, what's the greater good here? Right. Like maybe you're dealing with this horrible person, but what are they giving you for the greater good? I think on the other hand, like most people, so I worked with a lot of refugees and there are absolutely horrendous stories about what happens to people who become refugees before they become refugees, right? So you read all these horrendous stories of like child soldiers and, you know, like neighbors turning on neighbors and rape being used as a weapon of war. And you're like, like there are so many scenarios out there that the average person who lives a comfortable life does not even, like cannot even comprehend. And when you're in a scenario where essentially every decision is, would be considered a bad decision where like in your black and white, it's all black. You still have to choose And you have to be comfortable with whatever that choice is. Like, you can't just stand there. You have to make a choice. So you can't put everything into a good and bad bucket. There's a giant gray area of, um, you know, like, if if I have to choose between, (laughs) between dealing with, like, some kind of horrible person who has ties to terrorism and I know that they are going to be able to give me information that stops an attack that saves 50 lives like you're gonna give that dude money you're gonna take him out like you're gonna be friends with him because he has the ability to do good on the other end whether he knows it or not Mm -hmm. right like those are the real life choices. That's what happens in real life. I think that when you are living, I mean, and I, I live a comfortable life. I just happen to have had the exposure, right? I think when you're living a comfortable life and you're not exposed to the, like, to the realities that are out there, it's easy to judge. It's easy to judge and be like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. Okay, well, when you are in these situations and you're standing there and you have to make the decision, let's see what your decision actually is, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to change, I think, your idea. Like, you have to shift from what's right and wrong to what is the objective, right? Especially Mm -hmm. when you're doing stuff for for the government, like military, CIA, um... Like, what is the objective here? What is the mission here? And how do you accomplish that? It's not about what do I personally think is right and wrong. How do you obtain your objective? How do you complete your mission? Because that mission is serving all of us. 
Right. Like whether we know it or not, there are missions happening right now that maybe we would disagree with, but they're serving us. They're protecting us. Right. So. Yeah, I t- I had a one guy on here who was uh he was a a drone pilot. Yeah. It, it, for flying those drones over Yemen, those killer yeah. drones, and he was like he was recruited by I believe it was the Air Force that was uh, that was heading that program, but he was said he was like 19 years old, 18 yeah. years old and and they were having him pull the trigger on these drones that were blowing up, you know, people. Yep. And can, yep. him being 18 years old, watching people get, ex, you know, blown up yep. in countries like Yemen or whatever. And mm-hmm. it scarred him. I mean, it really messed his head up. Yeah. Having to make those decisions yes. and, or whether he was making the decisions or not. He was probably following orders, like right. pulling the trigger on those drones and, yep. and watching these people suffer, like on the, mm-hmm. ca- watching the infrared camera, these people yep. like crawling and bleeding and. Yep. Yeah, that and stuff so, can be terrifying to you, like so, to any any human. Right, and think about like, like all the people involved in that decision, mm-hmm. right? So he was pulling the trigger, so he probably felt directly responsible. But there's a chain of command, right? There are other people making that decision. Mm-hmm. People who found that location to target, like the guy in charge who makes the decision to target it, who like people who know that. That house might have the guy's kids in it. Mm. Do we target or not? Right? Like, there are, t- there, are, there are tons of people who are involved in this decision. And it, there are so many factors that weigh in. Right? And I, I don't... It's, it's, it's a sad reality. Right? Like, I, I don't advocate collateral damage in war but it happens and it's a reality and people have to make those decisions war is not clean it's just unfortunate and i um when we were working uh we were working in the middle east and i was working with a delta force guy and he was the nicest guy ever like a family man he um he had actually like his own nonprofit that like helped women learn self-defense and just the nicest guy. And he was teaching this triage class and starts telling this story about, you know, missions where he went in, like his missions were specifically to go in and kill people, right? Like, you and your team are going to go into this place. You are going to kill the people there. Like, you know, very close range shooting or hand-to-hand combat. Like, telling stories about team members that he lost on those missions. Um, and so I asked, I asked them, I was like, what kind of psychological care do they give you? Because there's no way. So for the CIA, they do a ton of psychological testing beforehand yes before they hire you so i'm assuming that part of all the special forces is you but you need help to give birth to it right Mm -hmm. and so that's why people get coaches i've got a mentor in every single company we own i have a mentor Mm -hmm. and that's where people go wrong i have so much purpose and but i just met with cj yesterday for two hours i said at his feet i'm older than cj bro 
You know what I'm saying? But I said it to speak because I'm like, yo, bro, give me the game. Like, help me understand. I want to learn from you. I pay Alex Burton 10 grand for his dispatching. I mean, his trucking course. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I, people need to invest in themselves wherever they are. If you're trying to have the best marriage, then get some marriage books. Get some marriage coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like, Marriage Inc. At Marriage Inc. That's my, me and Tracy's marriage coaches. Like, I would be divorced. I would not have a wife today if it wasn't for them. Like, if you want to win in finances, then you got to get with somebody in that financial space. Like, you got to be willing to get with a midwife or or or, or, or um, what do you call it? The OBGYN. Somebody to help you give birth to whatever that thing is. For the people that feel stuck, you got to get with someone that can unstuck you. You know what I'm saying? And that's the problem. But a lot of people feel like they want to do it on their own or they prideful or they don't want to don't want to make the investment and they wonder why nothing not change. Well, you got to make a decision, right? And I believe everybody's, everybody can go to that next level if their belief system is intact. But they got to believe. I was one way in life and I was there forever because of my specific belief system. But when I changed my brain, I changed my life. It all starts with your brain. What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Your habits create your character, and your character determines your destiny. But it all starts right here inside your brain. I'm going to give it to him again. Can I do it again? What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Be cautious. That's the only three ways, the only three reasons why somebody won't buy from you. So with this dollar chart, here's, oh my gosh, because I didn't know why. I, I figured I was doing it because... You know, we just kept, like, let them taste test it, right? Mm -hmm. But in this way, I can identify, well, they can identify, oh, this is a good fit. Because in their head, they don't don't know if it's a good fit or not. Mm -hmm. But for a dollar, dollar, they could do it. They can see the value because, all right, for seven days, you're going to get a a freaking conference for a week. Mm -hmm. And then... They realize, wow, that I have the money mm-hmm. because even after that, it's only $79. But they'll say, they'll be able to compare, oh, well, for the value, for sure, 79 bucks is nothing. Done. That was the dopest commercial we've ever given. <laughs> so go to TheMorningMeetup.com. <laughs> Golly, I love this interview. Go to TheMorningMeetup.com. I can't wait to see you in the morning. Okay, Spec, I got to ask you, um, before you give us something deep on the closeout, um, I like to make predictions predictions on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years so that I can watch this interview five to 10 years from today and say, mm. yo, Speck said he was going to do this. And look, he actually did it. Mm. It's actually dope. I like that. In five years... Five to ten. Five years, my school is definitely going to be one of the most talked about schools on the planet. Mm. Is one thing. Second thing is, in five years, I'm going to have some major product wins. What does that look like? Products that everybody, at least 
one of them that everybody has to use. Like, like right now, everybody like the passport joint. Like, like, is that what you think? Like, similar. Yeah, something like that. Like something that. Like I need this. Like Uber, people need that. You need Uber. Come on, now. You need Uber. Gotta have Uber. Amazon. Like I need. I need Amazon. I need that. It's gonna be mm. at least one thing that I create that the people will need. Mm. And that's going to be my moment I talked about. That's going to be your moment. Five to ten years. That's going to be the moment. I love it. I love it. And you don't even know what it is yet. I might have it already. Do you have it? I might have it already. Do you think you, is it like something that you're thinking of, like that you're working on that you think you got? Or you're just saying, in my life, there's something that I'm missing that I don't see just yet. I think I have it. I'm working on something that's going to disrupt the world in terms of putting money into the black communities. Mm. for ownership. Can I be a part of that? You said your Close ass, me, bro. Yo, you, I'm going to be consistent. <laughs> I'm going to be persistent. <laughs> <laughs> you already my man, so. <laughs> yeah, but That's listen, dope. you will be a part of it, though. Mm. You will be a part of it. Um, and and, and this, is, this is one thing that I talked about earlier, it's called social seed, where we're going to have it where people get to actually have ownership in products, viral products, big products, products that's killing it, that they would never get the, they would never get the opportunity. When you try to, do you know when you try to invest, you got to become an accredited investor? Right. You know what right. that means? You yeah. got to have over 200 thousand dollars or and it doesn't even count your house so if you got a million dollar house still don't matter so it's either two hundred thousand personally or three hundred thousand with your spouse included or over a million dollars in net worth what average what average so if you see a good deal that you can literally take advantage of you as an intellectual can't even take advantage of it mm -hmm. because they have systems in place for us not to take advantage because guess what? We all ain't got that. Do you know what's so crazy? And not even too long ago, Obama finally made it to a point where, um, where um, you can create smaller crowdfunds. He created some bill. Mm -hmm. that kind of unlocked it a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Not yet, but, you know, like... He created... Because it was, it, it was, like, illegal, but now I think it's... um, or He either... It's something where, like, the little guy can get into it. Somebody's going to comment and be like, David, you're an idiot, but yes. 
But no, that's this is the point I'm making. It's like they put things in place to make sure we don't get what we deserve. Like, why I got to be a credit investor? Yeah. You know, it's like, I know it's little other little reasons people going to come up with. Oh, no, it's because it is. No, no. I feel in my heart, it's so certain people don't get into certain plays mm-hmm. to get to where they need to get to. It's like the music industry. Whoever was the puppet at the time. If there wasn't a virus going on, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You'd say evict the guy in three weeks, he's out of there. A John Doe eviction, you had no agreement, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But, you know, right now is a very tough time. You're better off trying to see if you can at least try to make a deal with the guy. See, listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I bought this house. It was supposed to be empty when I bought it. You know, and the guy says, well, I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't got no money. Well, you know, I don't want to tell you. Maybe you need to, you know, you're born at a a time when things are crazy right now. Nothing makes sense right now. Nothing makes sense in this world right now. You know, so, you know, keep working with the attorney. But I try to make a deal with the guy, too. You know, and see if he at least gets some money coming in until this damn thing blows over. And then flip the goddamn thing. You know, take, you know, there's money out there. Let him apply for it. It's free money. All right. No, Listen, you right. may, you may want to, you know, I know you, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I wish I could help you, but I wish it's, the best for your family. I just thought you know. it would be a good story for the podcast. Yeah, it's a sad story, you know. It's a it's story that don't do, don't ever buy a piece of real estate the day before you close that deal. Even us, we walk through the building. We have to go and see, you know, making sure that the, the vacancies look decent. You know, you got to do a final inspection before you release that money. Because once you release that goddamn money, it's over. You know, so you got to make sure everything's just the way the you want it. The mortgage doesn't stop. No, you got to pay a freaking mortgage on it now. You know, you're screwed. So, listen, yeah. you better go try to make a deal. It ain't going to hurt to make a deal with the guy. Maybe he'll leave for a couple hundred bucks. I don't know. You know, I should have. I should have took the attorney money and offered him to leave that That goddamn Albanian but... temper you got. You got that friggin' Albanian temper just like the Pollocks. <laughs> All right, you take care. <laughs> yeah, that was right, well, You know, you got to reach us. Go online, reach me if you need me in the future. But good luck to you. Tell me, uh, send my request to your I got parents. I got a room for the show next week, so. Oh, great, great, great. I'm glad I you did because we're sold out. We're cut off. I'm not yep. having a bunch of people there. I'm going to be very Perfect. close and in person and, you know, protected. All right. Very good. Perfect. Take care All of right, yourself. Tell you your again. parents said hi. All right. What's up? Have a good night. Oh, you still owe me a friggin' pizza. You promised me. All right. What's up? You got anybody else? Yeah. Else? Hey, and everybody, sorry if I can't get to your super chat because it does disappear after a certain amount of time. Well, that means you ain't quick enough, you know? You need to get on your J-O-B. No, it's because somebody talks a lot. Well, then cut me off. I don't care. I can't because you're actually you saying go like this. you're you helping can, somebody. Whenever you get a super chat you want to read, from now on, go like this. Okay? Let me Fine. see you do it. There you go. Not so hard. You break the table. You put freaking marks in my leather here. You got no appreciation for nice shit. Just came with the house. <laughs> Shit was bought by a big shot ball player, man. God, kids don't appreciate nothing. Oh my god! All right, I what mean, else most, you got? I, all right, IGH Properties. Thank you for the 
999999. You're getting ready to tell me a lot of nines, Sorry. boy. Rafael, you're going to give me some of that money, pay you. Rafael, you need to start renting some damn hotel rooms, that money. Ben, I already booked my room at the Four Seasons. You meant to say Sheridan, I'm pretty sure. Four points, Sheridan. I know. But Better. If you rent to the Four Seasons, there ain't even the Four Seasons around here. Yeah, there is. No, there ain't. Four right. Seasons. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the Orlando, street. maybe. I'm thinking of the... All right, I look forward to seeing everybody that's showing up. And listen, let me tell you something. I want to personally thank every single person showing up, okay, because you're helping me, you're renting rooms, we're keeping the hotel alive, all right? It ain't going to make a fortune. It'll be good to make some income for the hotel, you know, to help pay the staff and everybody. I'm not making no money on this thing. But I really appreciate it because uh, these are the people I know that really give a damn about me. And the rest of you, 199,950, forget ya. All right, what else you got? No, but seriously, I'm going to do uh, more in the future hey, if it works then, out. Yeah, this is just a test. It's, it's a test. A test of the local broadcasting so system. If it goes Beep. well, if it goes well, then you'll do more. Hopefully. Come on. You got anything else? Anything else? Anything signed in or Nick, wrote in or what? Ms. Yuck. Thank you for the twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four ninety nine. Towards the new bike. New bike. For fun. You're oh, getting a new bike. Appreciate it. What kind of bike was it? It's a Yamaha FZ1. was a 1,000cc. So it was Ooh, 1,000cc. It was a nice bike. Frank. Sounds he, like a rice rocket. Is that a rice rocket? Am I allowed to say that now? Oh, I forgot. You can't say Rice Rocket or what? Crotch Rocket. Crotch Rocket. Sorry. It's more like a cruiser, but it was fast. Frank Pizzo, thanks for the $10. Keep your head up, Ben. Could be worse. You could be in New York. You're absolutely right. I could be in New York. I can't believe people are sending me the room rates in Times Square. The same room that I'll pay $250, $300 in Times Square are now $45. They're dying in New York. Everywhere is screwed right now. This shit's got to get over, over, over. All right, we're again trying to get a caller. This guy also has apparently lawyers involved in his deal. So. Hey, Ben. Hey, what's how are you? How are you? What's going on? What do you got for us? Uh, I got a couple things, but uh, you don't seem happy. Maybe we should just take start taking some uh, some pills or something. Pills? Like what? Uppers? I don't know. It's to help your depression. It's not healthy for hey, you. Hey, what do you get? Life is a fuck. <laughs> Listen, right now, I'm losing millions. Okay? If I wasn't depressed, I wouldn't be normal, I think. You know, it's it's normal. You get <laughs> depressed. What are you going to do? I can't be happy every day I'm hearing about all the money that we ain't got and we need to come up with. Uh, so what am I going to do? I'm going to be depressed. I mean, it's life, you know. But, I mean, I ain't taking no goddamn pills and I'll be acting like... You know, really cool gadgets and... Everybody knows how to do kung fu. <laughs> like everybody yeah. knows five languages. Um, you know, everybody was cool and good looking, and it was really. I'm I'm a huge fan of James Bond, so I really was like, this is the agency. 
once I got there, I realized it's it's a diverse place. And one of the biggest things that really hit me when I got to the agency is how many different jobs there actually are. So all the movies are about the exciting case officer, right? The James Bond, um, the Ethan Hunt. But you get there and there are HR people. There are people who clean the waste baskets. There are, you know, cooks. There are analysts. There are mechanics. There are graphic designers. There are... Really? Yes. Like... There's a print shop there. People work that, you know, like there are IT people. So it's just like any other. It was it was insane, like how it, cool it was to walk in and to see the seal and you have to get past the guards with your special badge and all of that felt super cool. But you walk in and it's cubicles <laughs> and people doing like a plethora of different jobs like any other business, like any other government organization to keep it running. You just happen to work on things that are super cool that most people don't know about. And that's what I enjoyed the most was kind of having this insider insight into world events that I was already interested in. And then I had an even, even more of an insider perspective where I was like, this is really cool. And I can affect things in a way, even if a small way, that nobody will ever know about. And for me, being behind the scenes is huge. Like, I love being behind the scenes. Like, affecting somebody that nobody ever knows I even touched. That's That makes me feel good, right? Mm-hmm. I see the end result, and I'm like, boom, I did that. Great. So... Now, when you got there, did you get to sort of choose the path that you took, or did they do that for you? So, in the interview process um that i went through um i was uh i was going for they have different tracks Mm -hmm. so i was going for a certain track and there were like three different job descriptions that i could go for um i picked one i entered i decided shortly after they have a, a really long orientation period and then a really long training period so i decided um I originally was a desk officer and I decided that targeting was a better fit for me. When I entered in 2007, targeting was brand new. They had just started it. It used to be that case officers themselves would do that kind of work. They would be the ones that found targets and figured out how to approach them, but it really wasn't efficient for them to be doing that. They really need to be out in the field meeting people. So they created an entire job description for people who specialized in finding who they were going to meet so then all they have to do is spend an hour with me and I say this is the guy here's his photo here's his family here's everything we know about him he's going to be at this place at this time he likes this kind of stuff go you know go meet him and be friends if they spend an hour with me it saves them a ton of time Um, I can go much more in depth because I'm interested um, than the case officer would be able to because they have a million other things going on. So, um, yeah, so for me, I was able to change tracks during the training period and then be certified as a targeter. Okay, and then how did you meet Andrew? 
initially? <laughs> were, you, were you guys both training or? We were in orientation together. So they enter everybody, no matter what their track is, um, together. And then that's when they do all the HR stuff, right? Like, here's how your health insurance works. Mm. And here how's your, you know, how your paycheck works. <laughs> like, make sure you sign up for medical benefits. All those, the intro stuff um, that you don't think about happening at the CIA. <laughs> um, so we met, I think I, I noticed him after the first week and he was always, uh, seated between two females. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I wow. decided, yeah, I saw him from a distance and I was like, I'm going to meet that guy. And so it took me about three weeks to get a seat next to him and start up a conversation um, and he was great. As soon as I introduced myself, he was like, do you want to go out on a date Wednesday? I was like, yes, yes, I would. Thank wow. you very much. Yeah, he was great. So um, the bummer for him was I was dealing with um, an anxiety disorder at the time that had just kind of, I'd had it for about six months undiagnosed. Um, so I was having all this anxiety constantly and it was making me really physically ill and um, so he asked me out on the date. The night of the date, he called me to ask directions to my house. And I was like, I was throwing up. <laughs> I was like, I was oh, like, I can't no. go. He's like, are you sh like, do you want coffee instead? Do you want? He kept trying, trying, you know, and I'm like, I just can't. And that was the very end of our orientation. I was like, I can never see this guy again. Like, he makes me throw up. I have too much anxiety. I like him too much. I was like, I, this sucks. Like, I'm never going to see him again. So then we spent, like, I think a, a month working on the same floor in our offices, completely avoiding each other until I bumped into him at a staff meeting. And then I was like... It was, How old were you? I was 27. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was intense, and I was. It, he was a very patient man because we had a lot of tea dates. <laughs> when mm. I was like, I'm really nauseous right now. <laughs> like you make me so nervous. <laughs> now, now this like it, it it parlayed into you guys eventually working together, like right as a team. Yes. And that was that like before. Why is this person a millionaire? Why is this person a billionaire? Why is this person driving this? Why is this person living like this? That means something that they know that you don't know. So if you become a student of success, student of billions, student of millions, that's how it's going to open a door for you. You can't be too negative. You can't be, you know what I'm saying? You got to have confidence in yourself about everything that you do. So me to you, I'm just saying, be a student, man, to success. Feel me? So I want to let y'all know a lot of people be DMing you about this, about that. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to really get into details about stuff and you need help on anything, just subscribe to my OnlyFans. You know what I'm saying? There's there's going to be something on there you, you want to know or you need to know that can help you because I just feel like I'm giving y'all secrets to all types of credit ways, primaries, this, that, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like people just need to know about it, you hear me? So if you want to know, you know what I'm saying, 
stuff about life and how to get successful and stuff like that, subscribe to my OnlyFans, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be in the bio, man. It's going to be... Also, go to my Instagram, Bandman underscore Kevo, my Twitter, Bandman Kevo. You feel me? Make sure y'all subscribe to my OnlyFans. Turn it up. I'm saying, I, only reason I'm saying this, I'm saying that you old, gang, because 33, you ain't, damn, ain't nobody talked to you when you was 20-something, 25? Nah, like, dog, you want, look, I'm going to tell you some real shit, Joe. When we was shorties, like, motherfuckers ain't telling us about credit and shit. Like, even when I went to U.S. Bank and I took that bitch and hunted out, like, I'm like, man, fuck credit. Like, you feel me? So you just said, I'm going to keep the 15. What you do with the 15, gang? No, it was around Christmas time. I was fucked up around that time. So I, I put it to... I ain't flipped that shit. So I just... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just... I could have had so, it, but so I So you just... So you just fucked they 1500 off. Like, man, fuck credit and everything. Huh? Hey, Lila, let me yeah, ask you something. So the reason... Do you understand the reason why the bank gave you that 1500 So, so you took that. So, now, let me tell you why they gave you the fifteen hundred. They gave you your fifteen hundred dollars because they knew you was gonna fuck it off. And guess what you did? I fucked that shit off. You fucked it off. <laughs> Is it, look, <laughs> listen, bro. You did exactly what they thought you was gonna do. You could have been. See, this how you finesse. What you should have did, you should have just went on. Man, in the federal prison, they need haircuts. They pay barbers to come inside the federal prison. No way. Man, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I had a few of those back in 2017. You had a contract from the, the government yeah. that says, yo, I want you to, I need people to ha cut hair in prison. So I need licensed barbers. To cut hair in the federal prison bureau system. Yes. I had like three of those. And you go find a barber and you say, hey, barber. My man, I got you. work for you. Consistent work at the Detroit prison system. Can you go there at least twice a week? Tell me how much you're going to charge me. I get their quotes from, uh, from them, right? I put my money on top, send it to the federal government, and either they say yay or nay. Okay. Do you still do that? Yeah. You have a, I'm saying, do you have a contract with the... Oh, no, the, no, 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 okay. no. Yeah, it's been... Give on. me some numbers. Give me some numbers. What they pay you and what you paid the barber. All right, so let's say the barber says, I need... Well, the contract was this. They have to do at least 200 heads, mm -hmm. right? They have to cut 200 heads. Okay, cool. The barber seems like a lot of pressure, though, because if you mess up somebody's line, it's crazy. <laughs> I, don't know what it, I don't know what it, I don't know what I don't know. I got nothing to do, bro. You but you got peep game, too, though. Most, I, and I ain't going to group a ball, right? But most barbers, they from the street life. Yeah, so they, they comfortable. That's a fact. Yeah, that's they a comfortable. Fact. So, so they said, the contract said, I need 
200 haircuts. I need you to cut 200 heads. Yeah. Okay. He said $5,000. 200 heads, $5,000. That's what, that's that's what the what, barber charged you. That's what he wanted to charge me. Okay, cool. What I'm going to do, though, is Hold I'm going to take that. that num- those numbers don't sound right. 200 heads, 5000 I wonder. I don't know what he's equating. He's probably equating in there. Five. You got to go into the system. How much is it per head? Twenty-five dollars. Oh, so it's a a cut. Regular stuff, right? Ah, that ain't bad. Now, what I did, Lee. I'm sorry, bro. (laughs) For a barber to make five thousand dollars, they have to cut two hundred heads. But that's why they charge. What do they charge right now? $40, 40 a haircut? Yeah, I don't even yeah, know. They charge a little more now. I don't God, care. Yeah, I cut my own hair, man. Right. I ain't got time for it. <laughs> for sure. I be in the mirror like this. Right, right. myself up. So what I do is, okay, my man wants 5000 Let me go see what another barber is going to charge me for the same 200 heads at the same prison system. Now, let's say another barber came to me and said he wants $7,000. Okay, cool. No problem. Obviously, I'm going to go with the $5,000 because it's the lower quote. But it's a guy out there that want to charge me $7,000 for the same thing. I'm going to just put my two on top of it and send a um, proposal to the government for $7,000. He make his five, I make my two. Oh, so that's why you're getting the second quote to see, like, what is what, a normal rate? There you go. Because I don't, I don't cut hair, so I don't know if it's high, low, if he gouging me or not. I don't know that. So I have to go get another quote so I can price compare. We do it all the time. I got to get uh, a roof done on my house, right? I'm not going to go with the first person I call. Right. I'm going to probably call like five people. For sure. It's the same system. It's the same mindset. I want to call multiple people to see because the purpose of it is, right, how much money can I put on top of this thing? But you can't know if you just get one quote. You know what I was thinking? I thought in, in government contracting, they say... I have a certain amount of money to do this particular Everybody job. thinks that. Everybody thinks that. They're, my students, they'll come to me and say, well, how do I know what they're going to pay? They don't know because we're bidding. Because we're bidding on it. If they say we want $200,000 for this contract, everybody would bid what? Two hundred thousand, <laughs> right? So it's no, it it be it would so be no purpose. So the government's trying to save their money too. Like, they yo, let me, let, they, so, so they're doing exactly what you did. Like, yeah, let me go so I'm taking their system and I'm just doing it the opposite way so I can co- sit, submit a competitive quote. It's the same thing. Very lit. <laughs> okay, so back back. Okay, we're gonna just. I, I want to like let everybody know. How long you been doing this? Two thousand eight. 2008. Yes, sir. Since 2008, what has been your one biggest contract? Uh, 3.2. 3.2 million. Yeah. One contract. One. For how long? It was 3.2 over four years. So the government paid $3.2 million to you over four years. Yeah. That was for elevators. What do you mean? To do maintenance on elevators, 132 elevators. But you don't know nothing about elevators or nothing about maintenance. I never never even seen them elevators or seen the people working on them elevators. Never seen them. What state was it in? California. 3.2 million (laughs) to to install and maintenance elevators in California over a four-year period. 
how much did it cost you to find and source these people? And how long did it take? Oh, man, that's a phenomenal question. So, number one, it cost me nothing to go to Google, right, and find companies that want to do this work. That's the first thing. So, that's zero. So, it probably took me, like, maybe, like, two weeks because each contract has a a date that it needs to be due, right? So let's say I find it on May 1st, it's mm-hmm. due May 30th. Right. So I got to turn it in May 30, before May 30th. Mm-hmm. So, but I want to gather all my information within a two week time period. So now I can do what? Go through my numbers and make sure I'm getting a decent amount too. Obviously, I'm not trying to get the same amount they're getting, mm-hmm. but I want a nice amount too. Cause if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have to work. For sure. You feel me? For so sure. I got to make sure I add my money in there too. So I, I give myself a two-week time period. And how much did you pay out on the 3.2? On the 3.2, I paid out two two four nine nine. So about 2.5. Yeah. But so I you just made $700,000 as a middleman. And I ain't do nothing. And I still, I, I still got their contact info point. Mm. If you don't have a certification, you've been against the whole room, all 500 of us, right? But now we got the certification. Now you just been against us three. Because we're the only three that can qualify for this particular solicitation. Gosh. So it just helps you get into a smaller room, but you still got to know how to bid. You still got to understand the pricing. You still got to know who to network with, mm-hmm. right? Because the certification won't help you if you don't know what you don't know. What's all in your program? Or how, how long does it take to get through your program? If you sit straight through, it's like 2.5 hours. Really? Yeah. If you just sit down, sit straight through. Yo, that'd be my problem, bro. Like, if it's a course that's like, it take me a week or two to go through, crazy. I'm just not going to do it, bro. Yeah, and it's, it's information overload. And then yeah. it's probably some junk that you don't even remember because you going to keep stopping, going, keep stopping, going. Right. We ain't built it like that. We built it so after each module, we can knock out an action item. Every time, boom, we knock this out. Boom, we knock this out. So we give it practical information at the, throughout the course where you can do stuff so you're actively engaging in the course. For one, I'm going to ask you at the end of this to give me a discount for my students. Yes, are, you, are you able to, like, create, like, a discount yeah, code or something? Yeah, we can knock it off. Ah, yeah, see, yeah, I yeah. got you. I told you. <laughs> All right, so, so if I sit down and I go through this program, the two and a half hours of, you know, information, it's step-by-step and... Like, if, if I just... No, you're not guaranteeing I win the first Can't bid. guarantee anything, yeah, yeah. But if I follow these steps, I'll... The, the give goal. me some testimonials. Because, like, all right, so you've got you've got students. Yeah. Give me an example. Uh, one lady purchased a course, won a contract. At two weeks right after she finished. Two, I was like, what? Like, I was shocked. I was like, huh? Did she have previous background in this That's stuff? what I was going to say. No knowledge. Her wife... Her wife was in the army or something like that, but that's the closest to government she's been. I, when when I heard that, I was like, "Yeah, mm. I'm on to something." I mean, you got to think about who I am and how I how I even talk. You can hear how I talk. I speak so you can digest the information. I want you to get rocking. I want you to get going. I'm not gonna speak over your head. I can't anyway, right? 
Gotcha. I got a PhD. I can't talk with your head if I could. Right. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I could do it if I tried. So I'm giving information so you can say, oh, that makes sense. Okay, I see exactly what he's talking about. Number one, I'm telling you what to do after each module. So you're getting those aha moments instantly. You're mm-hmm. not getting those aha moments after the course is over. Right. So when she won that thing in two weeks, I was like, yo, that's crazy. That's the quickest. Mm. That, that's, that's quick. She she won a nice little contract. You, know, you remember what it was? The number was? Yeah. She won a nice little. Oh, you want me to tell yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, numbers make me happy, man. To her, 37,000. 30, to oh, her. she got to keep 37,000. To, to her, 37,000. Yeah. Yeah. What was the... So, first off, first off, tell me about this iPad thing. So, did that you literally easy. just call Apple like, yo, I need X amount of... No, 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 no. You call, you call authorized retailers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I need 150 iPads. What's the quote for them? It's that easy. Oh, for each app, what model do you want? What's the gigabytes? I hey, hey, hey. I Tell me how much for... Like, I don't know all of that up front. But when they ask me questions, I take it back to the government. Hey, what's the memory? What size screen do you actually want? And then they tell me, I go, I'm a, I'm an echo. I promise you. You telling me information, I don't know, I'm telling them. They telling me information, I don't know, I'm telling you, right? That's where the money comes from. I like this. <laughs> That's where the money bro. come from. So it was 150 iPads. Uh each iPad was uh $980. $180. I just shot it up to 1500 per iPad. Each? Yeah. Shout out to fifteen on the iPads. Do the math. <laughs> what is so it's about a thousand dollars, five hundred a piece, five hundred times a hundred is fifty thousand. I had hundred. It was hundred and fifty iPads, right? Hundred and fifty iPads times fifteen hundred. So, so what's, what's that? But I'm saying you got it. it cost you a thousand dollars to get the yeah, iPad. yeah nine eighty, and you got to keep five hundred. Yep. So you made seventy five. You made seventy five thousand. All right, man. Like, listen, man. I'm trying. Like, people told me in the game, coach. <laughs> listen, people told me all the time and say it can't be that easy. But why not? All I'm doing is middlemanning the contract that they want to award anyway. They want to award it to somebody. Somebody want to do the work. I'm gonna be the best bridge between both of that. That's it. Bro, you made $75,000 ordering iPads, bro. Yeah, from a retail. What is happening right now? And guess what? I didn't even see them iPads. They shipped them straight from A. They just shipped (laughs) it to the government. I ain't see them neither. Yeah. Wow. Did they let you net 30 that? No, I did a net zero. So on certain products, you can negotiate your payment terms. Net 30, net oh, 15, so, net zero. So the government, you said, I need that money right now. Once they got the shipment, though. Right. So I think they're not going to prepay me until they get the shipment. They got the shipment. They verified that they was good. So, so you had to use your own bread for this. Ah, good question. I, I've got good questions. Remember, man. We're on my podcast, <laughs> right? We're on podcast, right? We're here. Remember, I'm a talker. And this, is, and this is one of the biggest elements I teach my students. You have to be a talker because if you don't have the capital, now I do have the capital, right? If I wanted to pay for it up front, 
but I don't want to spend my we how many people that have money want to spend their money? You feel me? Yeah. I don't want to use my money for this. So hey, listen, sir, ma'am, I got a deal with the federal government that can possibly keep reordering iPads from your location. That, that's the promise. But more importantly, 